The Air Attack with BC the Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. What's up, guys? We are back on the air attack. Follow me, BC, on Twitter at BCAK the man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. It's election week, so we have a governor's race in New Jersey, one in Virginia, which has gotten just a little ugly. Just a little bit ugly. I actually have a good Terry McAuliffe story, and it ties into Dar- in Daniel Snyder and what was then the Redskins. Terry McAuliffe, now he's a weird guy. He's got a weird face. One of many politicians with a weird face. Got a lot of weird faces in politics. Eric Swalwell, he's got a weird face. Corey Bush, weird face. Totally Phil Murphy, who's running for re-election in New Jersey. Weird face. Very weird face. Terry McAuliffe, very goofy guy. The dancing. Now, the dancing stuff is a thousand percent intentional. That is, if you can't tell that that's, if you can't tell what that's all about. He gets on stage and talks about there's too many white people here, there, and everywhere. And then does the proverbial goofy, I don't know how to dance white guy routine. If you can't tell that that's intentional, then you are missing the boat, my friends. Anyway, I digress. Terry McAuliffe is running for governor of Virginia. I don't know how long ago this was, eight years ago, 10 years, whenever it was. Now, the guy that told me this story is no longer with us. He actually took his own life a couple years after he told me the story. Also, neither here nor there. Three people walk into this, this, this fundraiser at Dan Snyder's house. The guy that tells me the story, Bill Clinton and Terry McAuliffe. Those are the three, okay? The guy that tells me the story was there about half an hour before the other two. Clinton walks in with McAuliffe. They're running late, as always. He starts giving him a hard time. The whole crowd loves it. Back, forth, photos, drinking, the whole nine yards. People are, you know, giving money, everything. Everything settles down, and Bill Clinton wants to go eat. They have reservations at some dinner, at some, at some restaurant downtown in, in D.C., and he wants to go eat. And Dan Snyder says, wait a second. I thought I was going to get a few minutes alone with the president, me and my wife. And Bill Clinton turns to Dan Snyder and goes, Hey, listen, I can't be seen alone with you. you got to change the name of the Redskins. At which point, Daniel Snyder goes absolutely insane and starts screaming and yelling, starts throwing people at the whole nine yards. And Bill Clinton looks at him and goes, all right, I'll see you later. Just, just goes out to his limo and goes to dinner. But they were there to raise money for Terry McAuliffe. So we will see how these races end up in New Jersey and Virginia. I think there might be a little fighting after the bell, kind of like we saw last year. So it might extend into the wee hours of the morning and possibly uh, the end of the week. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe in court. Who the hell knows anymore? Um, Busy week in the NFL. Who do we talk about first? See, first I thought Calvin Ridley had the worst week of any Alabama wide receiver, but no. Uh, Henry Ruggs had to go one up on him. First with Calvin Ridley. No shows for the Atlanta Falcons game. Now, I don't know if he was in the building and then left. I don't know what happened. The guy practiced all week. He was available. Wasn't listed on any injury report. A few weeks ago when they played the Jets in London, he had to take a week off for personal reasons. That's what we're doing now. We're taking weeks off for personal reasons. Okay. Okay. We have now seen this as a pattern. Kyrie Irving, obviously Simone Biles. A few years ago, Andrew Luck, right before the season started, I gave them a hard time. Andrew Luck as well. Andrew, you don't, you don't figure this out a few days before the season starts. You figure it out well ahead of time. Somehow, Calvin Ridley practiced all week, was available on paper, and then the day of the game wasn't available. Either he knew about this well ahead of time and screwed his team, or the team knew about this ahead of time and is playing games. One way or another, the league has to investigate this. They won't, okay, but they have to. Eventually, they're going to have to because they're not going to do it this time. But then the next time and the next time and the next time, where do you draw the line? 
And because the kid is black and because he's mentioning mental health, you know the league, because of its own guilty conscience when it comes to those two things, isn't going to do shit. We just had a report last week where the league was basically, in terms of, you know, in court, arguing that black players have a lower cognitive function to begin with. They're not going to go after a young black player who's talking about his mental health. No fucking way. There's no possible way they're going to do that. But this is dog shit behavior from either the player, the team, or both. And I'm tired of this. This has become very fashionable. And it's become a very tired, inexcusable routine. Uh, guys, you know what? Um, I know I got a game today, but my mental health got to come first. Sorry. And I would say maybe let's get the whole story. Here's what really got me. Here's what really kind of pushed me over the edge with this whole thing. While the Falcons were getting their clock clean, now if you listen to last week's show, you know I was on the Falcons. Okay? And obviously, had I known he was not going to be playing, that probably would never have happened. Calvin Ridley is the Falcons' most targeted wide receiver this year. He's only played in five games. Mildly important to their offense. They go out there. Now, Matt Ryan threw a couple picks. Okay? Kyle Pitts had a bad drop that probably would have led to a touchdown had he caught it. Okay? Matt Ryan got his left hand stomped. Okay, fine. There are other things that went on in this game. You do not pull this. Okay? Oh, I've got to address my mental health, and I just figured it out right before the game. Where have I heard this before? Didn't we just go through this in the Olympics? I just figured out that I can't compete. Oops. I know someone else could have been on the team, but oops. My mental health's got to come first. And nobody questioned it because I'm saying mental health. What really got me, though, was Calvin Ridley tweeting during the game. Team's getting buried. Team is terrible on offense, less than 300 total yards. Now, granted, Carolina just absolutely drained the clock. That's something else we'll get to when we talk about the NFL. But they drained the clock here. Got a lead, drained the clock. And that was it. And Atlanta just could not recover. It kind of looked like a team that was a little bit shell-shocked because one of their best players decided not to play today, again, for the second time in a month. Absolutely terrible. He decides to tweet during the game. Oh, I got to look after me. I got to step away from football. So you're telling me you were ready to play a game at 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, and now you're at the point before that game is even over where you have to step away from football completely, and you just came to all of these conclusions in the same day? I don't buy that one. I don't buy that one bit. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, someone can explain it to me. No one has come up with any type of explanation. No one seems really interested in investigating what happened here. It's like he just says mental health and everyone just goes running. Okay, wait a second. We can't question. Give me a break. To me, that's absolutely, positively inexcusable behavior. Not just by the player, but by the team. Want the teams to stop doing this? Want the players to stop doing this? Hey, listen, very simply put, if the team had any idea any idea whatsoever he wasn't going to be playing and they didn't update their injury report accordingly, start taking draft picks away. Or you know what else you can do? Start taking home games away. I'm, I'm, I'm not even half kidding because now, now what, what, in this day and age now with the 17 games, you have an opportunity to actually do that. Plus, the, the league likes to play internationally, right? Okay, no problem. Here's what you do. You say, guys, next year, you're playing another London game and that's going to be one of your home games except the money from the gate isn't going to you. It's going to the league. And we're going to give it out to charity or whatever we're going to do. You start doing that, I guarantee you this shit will stop. Bottom line, 100% it'll stop. Will the league do it? Yeah, they'll do it after seven or eight more guys pull a stunt like this. You want to figure this out? Listen, all due respect to Calvin Ridley, if he's manning up and saying, look, I got some stuff going on in my head that I can't get rid of, I've got to address it. If he had done that Thursday, that'd be different. Friday, it'd even be different. Saturday, I could maybe say, okay, things happen. What, what, you know, what can you do? But Sunday, no, no, no. They waited, they waited until they were announcing their inactives, and then they told you Calvin Ridley wasn't playing? Give me a break. Give me a break. I thought that was pretty terrible behavior. 
Not nearly as terrible as, now let's be fair here, it's, it, it's new so we don't know exactly what happened, but we think we do with Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, 3.40 in the morning, 3.40 in the morning gets into a car crash. They're not on a buy anymore, folks. Okay, they're playing this week. The Raiders play at New York this week. They play the Giants. 3.40 in the morning. I assume they have practice sometime in the morning, and he's out driving. Apparently also wasted. Crashes his Corvette into the back of a RAV4. A fire, ha a fire takes place. They find a dead body in the, in, the, uh, in the Toyota. Ruggs has minor injuries. Impairment at the scene. Stays at the scene, to his credit. Stays there. Displays signs of impairment. They take him to a hospital. He's getting charged. I mean, that happened just like that. It took less than a day. He's getting charged with DUI resulting in death. Just, just, that, just that quickly. Just that fast. Career could be over. A lot of ways his life's over. That carries a, a sentence of 2 to 20 years in Nevada. A little early. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves with all that. But right now, that's what he's looking at. And that's according to the Las Vegas cops. This isn't, this isn't like some, some leaked Adam Schefter report. This isn't some... Josina Anderson bullshit. No, this is this is real. This isn't like the Deshaun Watson trade where, hey guys, Deshaun Watson might be getting traded. He also might not be getting traded. Per source. I gotta say per source. It sounds like I'm an actual reporter. No, this is real. This is something that just happened. Last 24 hours. In the last 24 hours, just like that. Kid's life is, is absolutely just turned upside down and he did it to himself. I'm gonna say it again. I say it every time these things happen. The players have access to a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year car service. It is 100% confidential and anonymous. You need a ride, you get a ride, no questions asked. They don't know who you are. The league doesn't find out. They don't tell your team. And this kid can't even come up, come up with the common sense to call a card. He's, and he's far from the first one in the NFL. Funny, you never hear any players talking about in the NFL, though, right? You don't, you don't see that message on the bottom of a helmet. Hey, drive sober. Never see that. And so... <laughs> Inspire change. It takes all of us. Stop hate. Stop driving wasted. Never once do you see any of that shit. No one wants to talk about any of this. So you saw something last year with Andy Reid's kid. Okay, late in the season before a playoff game. Acting like a fool, getting drunk at work or after work. Different situation. But this was kind of, you know, sort of. He also hit a car that was parked. Oh, well, this car was parked off the side of the road. It looked like Henry Ruggs hit a car that was on the street. Looked probably had stopped at a stoplight. And just hit the, I don't know how fast he was going, but fast enough for the car to burst into flames. So very early here, but the bottom line is this is just, I'm sorry, this is imbecilic behavior, and now someone's dead. And it's okay to say that. It really is because you know what? Henry Ruggs' career might be done. His life might be completely ruined here. Who knows? But the bottom line is it's important that it doesn't happen again, or at least it, at least get, get the message through to somebody. You've got, you've got access to every convenience there possibly is when you're in the NFL. Okay, I know Kaepernick's horseshit Netflix special just came out and he said it's like being a slave. I promise it's not like being a slave. I was never a slave. Okay, I wasn't around when there were slaves, but I can guarantee you being in the NFL is nothing like being a slave. I believe I read an article that said Kaepernick averaged $19 million a season in the NFL. Probably one of the highest paid slaves of all time if he were a slave, which by the way, he is not. You have access to cars. You have access to rides. You have access to all the medical treatment. In the world. You have access to, to high-end food. Not to mention the celebrity. Not to mention the endorsements off the field. You have, you have access to all of these things. And it's not good enough for Henry Ruggs. No, it's not good enough for him not to be driving. He's driving a Corvette. Okay? You're a young a superstar athlete driving a Corvette at 3.40 in the morning. Okay? In, par in Party City, USA. And you are completely bombed. That's your fault. Not the NFL's fault. It's not anyone else's fault.
I didn't watch the Kaepernick thing, by the way. I have no stomach for it. You've got to be out of your mind. Okay, I did see the clips that were posted today. It's I mean, it's ridiculous. He's turned himself into a cartoon character. Okay, with the hair, the the way he's dressing. I mean, it, it's it's like he's out of a '70s black exploitation film. It really is. He has turned himself into a caricature. It is. I mean, even his voice is fake. It's fake. It's an act. It is an act. Guy has no desire to play in the NFL whatsoever, but supposedly playing in the NFL is like being a slave, and he also wants to play, and they're not letting him play, which he really wants to do. But it's like being a slave when you're there. Did you follow all that? I told you from day one, this was a grift, and I have never been more on the money in my life. Maybe with the Chiefs this year. I said the Chiefs would have a bad year. Maybe I was more on the money about that. I told you that shit was going to get to Patrick Mahomes. I told you. Just beating that guy down. Um, what else we get to here? The G20, you know, the G20 thing. I know the president fell asleep there. There was also, that wasn't even the worst rumor about him this past week. I'm not going there. I'm not going there, guys. Sorry. I, I did think it was funny that, you know, they're banging the table about climate change and everything else, which has been something I've been hearing since I was a kid. I mean, they just recycle the same stuff a few years later so that a new crop of kids can hear it and it can catch on again. That, that's, just what, that's just what it is. But the bottom line is, and I think Trump tweeted something. Well, he didn't tweet it, but he puts it out, and then his, his minions tweet it for him. But Trump said something about if it's so important, what are you doing falling asleep? And I couldn't agree more. Complete and utter nonsense. I'm supposed to listen to Prince Charles tell me how, I'm, how, how I need to live and how I need to go about my business and my life and how I'm ruining the planet. Give me a break. I tell you what, go check on your son, okay? Hop on one of those private jets you take to all these things anyway. Go ahead and hop out to L.A. and go, go do a wellness check on your fucking kid. Give me a break. Good lord, these people are just insane. Now, here's a, here we go. Here's a young teenage Swedish girl who is clearly unstable, who has rich, politically connected parents. She's going to tell you all how to live. Oh, absolutely. Good lord. No wonder the guy fell asleep. My goodness. Like I said, not the worst rumor going around about Mr. Biden uh, in Europe, but we'll save that for another day. Sorry. Hey, listen, accidents happen. What are you going to do? Accidents happen, even to the president. A little more. When I see some of the things trending on Twitter, and again, follow me on Twitter at BCAKA the man. But when I see things like Poopygate and Shark Week, and that's trending on Twitter, I'm like, boy, politics is so sophisticated. 2021. These do the same kind of thing to Trump too. Like I said, like I said, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true. But I'm not going there today. No interest. Um, World Series. I give credit to the Astros. Now it's still going on as we speak here. Game five, you give up a grand slam in the bottom of the first. The Braves can't put them away. One run the rest of the way. I think that run came in the third inning, and the Astros come back to bring it back to Houston and keep this going longer. I'm sure some people would rather see the World Series done and over with. Other people say, hey, more baseball the better. Obviously, Braves fans would be in the former category, so would Stacey Abrams, so she can stop reliving this nightmare. So we'll see if the Braves can put away the Astros in game uh, game six or game seven. Obviously, doing this show just a little bit too early to find that out this week, but by next week, obviously, we will know that. Can you imagine a ticker tape parade going through Atlanta? See, I think you do the parade up by the stadium. The stadium is not in Atlanta. The stadium, is no stadium if I'm not mistaken, is north of the city itself. So you go ahead and have the, sta have the parade up in the suburbs. That way you don't have to deal with the mayor or anybody else connected to that that nonsense. But what a way for the Braves to stick it to Major League Baseball. They also honored Hank Aaron. I think it was before Game 3. Very well done. But that was supposed to be done during the All-Star Game. What if they hadn't made the World Series? When was that supposed to happen? And Major League Baseball acts like, oh, this is great. Look what we're doing. You're not doing anything. You deprived these people of this moment back in July when it should have happened to begin with. They had to wait another, another three and a half months to have this happen. And they only got to experience this because the team made the World Series. 
Talk about shameless. My God. So the Braves are basically sticking it to Major League Baseball with this postseason performance. I hope they stick it to the people around Atlanta who made that move happen to begin with if and when they win the World Series. And they can take the Astros out with them. Boy, that would be nice. I tell you what, they would become a very popular National League team. Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan, but I tell you what, the Braves would be one of the more popular teams. You've got a lot of people rooting for the Braves right now. If you think about all the different reasons involved there. So we, we shall see if the Braves can get rid of the Astros in one of these last two games. Not going to be easy. Going back to Minute Maid, cheating or no cheating, not going to be an easy task for the Braves. Uh, moving on now to the football as we get to the gambling portion of the show. Um, college football first, not your biggest weekend. Really nothing crazy happened. I mean, I would say the Michigan-Michigan State game was the game of the day. I thought, now listen, I, I was a little surprised. I did not think Michigan State could beat Michigan. I thought Michigan would be better. Now they had every opportunity here. He had a 13-point lead. Jim Harbaugh, here we go again. It, 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 whether it's him or his brother, it always has to be about him. You got one quarterback playing well. So what do you do? You take him out of the game, put another quarterback in. Everything has to be his way. Everything has to be according to his plan. God forbid he adjust in-game and deviate from what he was going to do to begin with. And a lot of people think that cost him the game. Now, his defense did give up 37 points here. Kenneth Walker, 23 carries, 197 yards, five touchdowns. And I'm telling you, he was that good. I watched that game. He was outstanding. Throws himself into the Heisman conversation. I mean, just a tremendous performance by him. Really, I mean, a big-time atmosphere in East Lansing. And just like that, they are in conversation for the college football playoff. They got a long way to go. We understand that. But that was their first big hurdle for Michigan State. By the way, I believe you get, who do you get this week? Is it Michigan again? Michigan is playing Indiana on ABC. That is the third time in five weeks they put Indiana in that primetime ABC game. They did it once against Penn State, did it two weeks later against Ohio State, now Michigan. So you've got Indiana has appeared on ABC's primetime game more than any other team in the country. Go ahead and make sense of that. But hey, I'm not a big fancy ESPN executive. What would I know? Moving on now quickly to the NFL. Started with uh, week eight's Thursday night game. Um, obviously, Green Bay and, and Arizona. Now, those of you that follow me on Twitter at BC, AK the man, know I was on the over in this game. You also know I should have won that. Um, should have won this game twice in the fourth quarter. Uh, unfortunately, we have a problem with Matt LaFleur at the goal line. First and goal from the one. Aaron Jones in your backfield. And here's another guy that just needs to draw attention to himself. Runs goofy play after goofy play. Here's the other thing, too. And this applies to, I, I, I touched on this earlier when I was talking about the Falcons and the Panthers. The NFL has to do something, do something about the play clock. The play clock, the way it is. First of all, the running clock when guys go out of bounds and it starts up again. That and the play clock at, what is it, 40 seconds, 45 seconds, whatever it is, has to go back down to 30, 35 seconds. These coaches are obsessed with running down the play clock. And Aaron Rodgers has a sick attachment to it. So much, now it's nothing new with this night. If people were giving me a hard time, including friends of mine, like, hey, this is nothing new. What are you watching? Yeah, I know it's nothing new. Thank you. Thank you. I watch football. I get it. Aaron Rodgers loves watching the play clock run down. I think, number one, it's counterproductive. Okay, I, I think that it, it creates a mindset within your offense that, hey, we're not really trying to score as much as we're trying to drain clock. I know that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you see where I'm going there. It also allows the defenders to get a jump off the snap. Okay, because they're not taking him by surprise as much. He hardly ever snaps it quickly. It's ridiculous. And he is so obsessed with this stuff, to my point, on the final drive of the game, or at least Green Bay's final drive of the game, they had to call two timeouts. They say, okay, fine, they're trying to run the clock down anyway. Well, not okay, fine. First and goal at the one, they get stuffed. Second and goal, they get stuffed. And on third down, guess what? On third down, they had to take a delay a game because he couldn't get a snap off in time and he had no timeout. So instead of third and goal from about a foot from the end zone, it's third and goal from the five. 
Then he gets close on fourth down, on, on third down. They decide to go for it on fourth down. Pass gets batted down. Now Arizona has new life. Arizona comes all the way down the field. Easy field goal would make it 24-24. When you get when the total's 50 and a half, you just need anyone to score in overtime and you win the game. Kyler Murray goes and throws a ball off the back of AJ Green's head, who was doing something other than looking for a pass at the time. I couldn't tell you what. Packers win 24 to 21. Just some goofball coaching on both sides. Just amateur hour stuff from these guys. It is amazing what's going on on NFL sidelines right now. It really is. These owners hire these guys. These guys talk a good game in the interview, and they get on the field, and they can't even do basic things. It is absolutely mind-blowing. It's first and goal from three feet out of the end zone, and you've got to run th these crazy pass plays and everything else. You can't even get a snap off in time because your quarterback is so, just so programmed to run the clock down. You can't even get the right guys in the field and get a snap off with no timeouts. It's crazy. I mean, it is absolutely positively insane. Panthers 19-13 over the Falcons. We already went over that with the Cavern Ridley drama. Uh, Matt Ryan did get his hand stepped on. Sam Darnold actually got knocked out of this game. Just an ugly, boring game. But getting back to the whole play clock thing, I want, you, I want you to just listen to this real quick. This is what the Panthers did in the second half here. As we go ahead and just take a look at this. Okay. Falcons go four plays, two minutes and 45 seconds for four plays, and punt it. The, the Panthers get the ball back at their own 22-yard line. Run 16 plays. It takes 8 minutes and 42 seconds. 8.42. Panthers kick off. Falcons 10 plays, 4.23. Miss a field goal. They give the ball to the uh, Panthers at the 35-yard line. From the 35-yard line, they ran 15 plays that, that covered 65 yards in 7 minutes and 40 seconds. You're looking at two drives that took over a quarter of football. It's ridiculous. And it's getting to a point where some of these coaches love. They just love themselves so much. They love, they love everyone looking at them. They love everyone seeing them manage the clock and dominate time of possession that it becomes painful to watch some of this stuff. And the, the Packers game, that was, a, that was a, an extreme case. That was a case of it just getting out of hand. That was just like it was like all this play clock, you know, draining and all this clock management. That was all that stuff, but it was drunk. That's what it was. It was like drunk clock management. But really, it's getting to be a problem with some of these guys where all they want to do is run the clock down. I think, I think the Falcons had like 47 snaps. 47 snaps other than punts. Okay? That sucks. That's terrible. The league average is like 60-62. 47. League has to, has to bring the play, the play clock down back to 30, 35 seconds. They just have to. It's I mean, you, you got like four minutes left in the game. If you don't have timeouts left, you're basically a first down away from losing. It shouldn't be like that. Not in my opinion. Bills 26-11 over the Dolphins. Much closer than that. You got an interception and then a, a Josh Allen touchdown run very late in this game to give all the Bills betters the cover there. You absolutely did not deserve it. 49ers 33-22 over the Bears. Uh, Big-time offensive performance from San Francisco. Also a big-time performance from Justin Fields. Not so much throwing the football, but running. And some of the toughness he showed, there was a career highlight play he already ripped off. He had 10 rushes for 103 yards. 22 yards was as long. I think that was a touchdown run. Passing, eh, less than 200 yards. He wasn't really that great, honestly. But running the football kept that team in the game. But in the end... One of the better performances from San Francisco this year. Remember, no George Kittle there. So I was actually very impressed by what San Francisco was able to do on the road. They were 2-4 and four heading in. Now they're 3-4. and four. They got the Cardinals at home. Cardinals better watch out. If ever there's a game for San Francisco to be up, it's that one. I know the Cardinals are on extra rest. I, know, I used to think that meant a lot more than it, than it actually does. I, right now, I feel like the extra rest, especially with the bye week, 
sometimes can almost be a curse as much as a blessing. Steelers 15-10 to 10 over the Browns. It was that kind of game. Now, Mike, Mike Tomlin in a tie game before halftime has a chance to go up 6-3, to three, decides, no, I'm going to run a fake punt from nine yards out, gets his kicker, Chris Boswell, absolutely destroyed, okay, and knocked in the next week. He has no kicker the rest of the game. Tough win for the Steelers, 15-10. to 10. Late fumble by Jarvis Landry. It was just that kind of game. Low scoring. Steelers are much healthier in this game. Steelers have owned the Browns, but not, not the last two games last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Especially in the playoffs. But the Steelers have owned the Browns, um, save for a couple games last year. You could tell they wanted this game. They came in 500. Now they're 4-3. and three. They're 4-3. They're and three. The Browns are 4-4, four and four, just like that. Just like that. They're actually half a game in front of Cleveland. Eagles 44-6 over the Lions as... Uh, as the head coach of the Lions, Dan Campbell, said, that was pretty bad. I think that was the actual quote. I'm going to go ahead and agree with him there. 34-31, the Titans over the Colts. Carson Wentz threw one of the worst interceptions you will ever see. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had, had a bad interception early in the game. But in the end, the Titans, 34-31. Now, a lot of people thought, well, the Titans, are after the, the win over the Bills and after the win over the Chiefs, boy, they're going to be shot. The Titans didn't expend a lot of energy beating the Chiefs. If you, if you think that was the case, you did not watch that game or you don't know what you're watching. They were in Derrick Henry mode before halftime in that Chiefs game. So now the Colts in a game everyone thought, you know, it was a must-win game. They're going to come out to play. They came out to play. Titans just a better football team right now. But the two interceptions from Carson Wentz, the one in overtime basically set up the game winner for the Titans. But the one uh, before overtime was just crazy. I mean, the one from his own end zone was just nuts. He basically threw a pick, a pick six at his own goal line. Just terrible. The Jets catch the Bengals napping 34-31. to Mike White, 400 yards. Now, the Jets play the Colts on Thursday Night Football, and I promise you this. If somehow the Jets can beat the Colts, now I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There are 10-point underdogs. If they can somehow beat the Colts, you absolutely positively have a quarterback situation in New York. No questions asked. I don't want to hear it from anybody. He threw for over 400 yards. He's the first quarterback since Vinny Testaverde to do that. 400 yards. Yes, I get it. You caught the Bengals in between Ravens and Browns week. I get it. I get all that. I said it before. Okay, everyone's telling me, oh, the Bengals, I got the Bengals, Bengals. I said, listen, Survivor Pool, maybe. But if you go lay 11 and a half points with the Bengals on the road in between Ravens Week and Browns Week, you're just asking to lose your money long term. That's just what it is. Jets come away with a 34-31 win. I get it that the Bengals were down. I get it that they were napping a little bit. If he can somehow beat the Colts, and they could. I mean, they probably won't, but they could. A couple turnovers here and there, they could do it. You would have a wild situation for the Jets. They'd be 3-5 and five at that point. Wouldn't be so bad. Rams 38-22 over the Texans. Now, if you had the Rams minus 16 and a half, you got screwed in this game. They were up 38 to nothing, and then they pulled over their starters. The Texans start storming back with garbage time scores and scored 22 unanswered in the fourth quarter to get the cover. Oh, my God, that, that had to hurt. Patriots 24 to, 27 to 24 over the Chargers. They are now 4-4. Four four. The Chargers are now 4-3 after starting off 4-1. I will just say this. When John Gruden, I don't, want, I don't want to go back to the Raiders and all their problems, but when John Gruden got fired, someone asked Brandon Staley what he thought about these icky emails with these awful words. And Brandon Staley had a prepared statement written where he basically danced on the grave of John Gruden. Okay, that was almost three weeks ago. Since then, John Gruden, who had already been fired, and Brandon Staley had the same number of wins. Okay, worry about getting your football team ready before, before you worry about shitting under the coaches and your woke politics, Brandon. Just a, just a tip there, okay? Seahawks 31-7 over the Jags. It wasn't even that close. 17-10, the Broncos take care of Washington. I thought they might be a little more scoring this game. The problem with these two teams is both of them have problems on the offensive line. And Taylor Heineke can put up numbers, puts up 270 yards passing, but it's the sloppiness. And Washington just gets more 
wasted yards than any team, I think, in the NFL. They move the football inside the 30, inside the 20, and they get nothing out of it. It's crazy. It really is. The Saints, 36-27 over the Bucks. Nice win by the Saints. They lose Jameis Winston, but let's face it. Saints, in a lot of ways, got lucky to win this game. Um, first of all, you had one touchdown set up by an interception late before halftime. Another one of their touchdowns was obviously a pick six to seal the deal at the end. Sean Payton gives the Bucks seven points to start the game because he wants to go for it on fourth and down from his own 42, 43-yard line, which is absolutely just absurd. But that's what, that's what goes on now in the NFL. It just It's who can be crazier. Jameis Winston gets knocked out of this game, and the first thing Sean Payton wants to do is have Trevor Simeon come out and throw three vertical passes. The first one could have and probably should have been picked off and had it been that would have been a Bucks touchdown did not like what I saw from Sean Payton the refs were also ridiculous in this game they get to the, the Saints three points yet an interception thrown into the end zone by Trevor Simeon that was waved off because of a roughing the passer that was just a, just a joke they got into field goal range on another drive because of a taunting penalty which as far as I could tell involved a player leaning over a Saints player it was just over and over again we saw that a little bit in the Giants game with some of the the over officiating and absolutely the Saints Bucks crew the Saints Bucks crew was just awful I mean not bad awful the entire game but a good win for the Saints keep them you know keep themselves alive now in terms of quarterback people are talking about well, where are they going to go what are they going to do remember they have Taysom Hill they have Taysom Hill I think they're better off with Taysom Hill coming off the bench as a change of pace quarterback so from that standpoint if you want to go look and I just don't know where you're looking right now and people say Cam Newton forget about Kaepernick and his bullshit that's not happening Cam Newton I don't think they want his antics he wants to be a full-time starter they don't they don't need him and I'm not sure he's really even worth. I don't think he's even really that good. Is there someone out there they would look at? I don't know. I mean, would they try to do something before the trade deadline? We'll see. I'm doing the show before the trade deadline actually happens. Um, my guess is they go with what they got. That would be my guess. They see if they can run some kind of combination of Simeon and Taysom Hill. Remember something. If you get Taysom Hill hurt, you don't just lose a quarterback. You lose a guy that can do more than play quarterback. So why not just play him with those other positions anyway and have him be a change of pace quarterback along with Trevor Simeon? He wasn't terrible. Wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. Cowboys, 2016 over the Vikings. Perhaps the the most egregious display of ego and incompetence and coaching hubris, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings just continue to run this stale offense. Throws behind the line of scrimmage. A play-action bootleg with a tight end who's three yards behind the line, and boom, he gets popped after, after he takes half a step. Ridiculous. The offensive line for the Vikings was terrible, but the play calling was hideous. You got Jefferson. You got Thielen. You got Dalvin Cook who can also catch passes, and all he wants to do is run this hardcore tough guy type of offense and the best part is he plays in a climate controlled building he doesn't play like university minute like if you're playing where the gophers played fine i could see maybe you want to you know throw the ball to tight ends and run and play smash mouth football you've got the best matchup for the vikings was their wide receivers against the cowboys secondary and god forbid he exploit it because he's got to stay true to himself vikings are now three and four they are not a, they are not a team that should be three and four they are much better than that you thought they got the offense going against carolina a couple weeks ago and once again here's how they're performing coming out of a bye going up against Cooper Rush and this was more gamesmanship if you want to even call it that with the Dak Prescott situation with the Cowboys how are Cooper Rush's parents and everybody how is his whole family in the stadium how do they how do they know to be in Minneapolis and fly out there they've been in there for a couple days the Cowboys do for three days Dak Prescott wasn't playing they don't tell you until right before the game because it's going to be a game-time decision. can't be allowed. You can't do They just can't do stuff like that. you got a lot of people, going back to the Calvin Ridley thing, a lot of people who rely on this stuff, okay? Not just the gambling world, not just the fantasy world. There are people who are, who are ticket brokers who rely on stuff like this, okay? You can't, you can't do stuff like that. You can't do what Andrew Luck did a few years ago. People said, oh, my God, you're so insensitive. I'm not insensitive. He's insensitive. 
How about if you're a ticket broker and you're trying to get rid of, you buy season ticket after season ticket after season ticket for the Colts, thinking you're going to turn them over game by game because they're going to have a great year. And next thing you know, oopsie, Andrew Luck doesn't play, feel like playing football anymore. And he can't figure it out till a week and a half before the season starts. Calvin Ridley is going to play for the Falcons, except, oopsie, no, he's not. He's got to go, t- got to go take a look at his mental health and step away from the game. And he figures this out right before a game and announces it during a game. It's not okay. And what the Cowboys did with, with Dak Prescott is also not okay. Yeah, they'll get away with it. Bill Belichick listed like 15 guys as questionable for the game against the Chargers. Doesn't matter. Nothing happens there. Just crazy. But, I, but it just really, a good win for the Cowboys. I give them credit. But the Vikings were just out. And they scored a touchdown on their first drive and just shut down after that offensively. Guys in their face all day. They could not make any kind of adjustment. It was, it was painful to watch. A terrible brand of football and a terrible job of coaching. Giants and Chiefs, 2017. Um, I could look at this a couple different ways as a Giants fan or as a football fan. The Giants were a little shorthanded. They lost Sterling Shepard during the game. Again, lost Kadarius Tony. He actually came back, but no Saquon, no Kenny Galladay. Um, bottom line is their offensive line just couldn't block when they needed to late. There's obviously something amiss with the Chiefs. They are 4-4. Four and four. Good for them. Um, certainly not out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but... Um, don't think because they held the Giants to 17 points that anybody should be impressed by that defensive performance. That defense is not very good, and there's something off of that offense, and there's something going on with, Todd, with Travis Kelsey, too. Don't know exactly what it is. I, could, I think I could probably pin it down. But there is something. I've given Mahomes a hard time for what's going on in you know, his personal life. I think if you connect the dots there, Travis Kelsey has something else going on, too. He is not himself, and those two seem to, seem to not be on the same page. Looking ahead, next week, Jets of the Colts. I think we already went over that. Mike White. He could score. He could, he could, that, that team could score a little bit against the Colts. We know the Colts can light up the Jets. I would probably lean, lean towards the over in that game. Browns and Bengals, if I, you made me bet that game, it would be Cincinnati. I, that is, two and a half seems like it's too light. It's almost a little suspicious to me. If you're judging just by the Jets game, don't, because that was a common letdown spot, letdown and a look-ahead spot. They call that a sandwich spot uh, around some parts. I, I don't know why they're only two and a half point favorites. I think the Browns are vastly overrated. I think the Browns are just too, too unhealthy right now. they got too many guys banged up. Offensive line, secondary, they got a lot of problems there. Broncos and Cowboys, Dak is supposed to be back. If you can get this down to nine, I would, I would look at the Cowboys as a viable teaser leg. The Broncos don't get the pass rush. They just don't. And they just traded Von Miller to the Rams, too, on top of that. Bradley Chubb isn't there. They do not put any pressure on quarterbacks. Also have a tough time with their offensive line. The Cowboys' pass rush has been really good. I think the Cowboys can light them up. Maybe minus 9.5 isn't the worst thing either, but if you can get them down to minus 3 as a teaser leg. Maybe you want to buy the teaser even at 130. That, to me, would make a lot of sense. Texas and Dolphins, I want nothing to do with those organizations. Looks like the Deshaun Watson trade isn't going to happen now. That's fine. I, you know, I never was really see. I never was really sold that a trade was going to happen with all of the other stuff hanging over his head. There are criminal investigations that are still open, and the Dolphins and other teams wanted some sort of guarantee. Well, what can the Texans do about these investigations? They're not running the investigations. Law enforcement's running the investigation. What, what planet are you people on? So basically, that fell apart, and that's just how it is. The Sean Watson's going to have to ride it out in Houston. May not be uh, the, what he wanted, but I really don't think the Texans care at this point. Saints and Falcons. I would give Atlanta another shot here. Now, they're getting six. You might want to tease them up to 12, even as, as a, as a six-point underdog. I, you know, I'm not, listen, I'm not running out to bet Atlanta right now, but I'm saying if I had to lean one way or the other, I would lean towards Atlanta. I would say, as you learn more about that Calvin Ridley situation, did they know going in? In other words, did they prepare for him not to be here? My inclination is no, they didn't because he practiced all week. So I think the Calvin Ridley situation actually took them by surprise. Give them a week to process it. Maybe that offense can get back on track a little bit. Saints did have some trouble covering the guys in the Bucs. Raiders and Giants. Raiders are now down to a two-and-a-half-point favorite with the news that Henry Ruggs will be tending to other affairs um, when this game happens on Sunday. No way he's going to be playing. No possible way. 
Probably a good football game. Should be some points scored. You just One of these days, the Giants are going to get it together, but you never know who's going to be on the field for the Giants. They just can't stay healthy. Bottom line, it just that's just how it is. Raiders coming off a bye. As I said, sometimes that could be good or bad. Patriots minus four at the Panthers. That seems like an awful lot of points to me. I know Sam Darnold might not play, but are you really losing a lot with P.J. Walker? You know, If you think about how Sam Darnold has played, I don't know about that. I'd almost rather – see, if I'm the Panthers, I'd rather have P.J. Walker playing because – did it, hasn't Bill Belichick seen enough of Sam Darnold? To me, I'd, I'd rather have the other guy playing quarterback. Four points is probably too much. And the total is 41. It's 41 for one simple reason. Both of these teams love to take their time and drain the clock like we already covered. Bottom line. Uh, Buffalo Bills, 14.5-point favorites of the Jags. Uh, no explanation necessary there. Ravens, 5.5-point favorites over the Vikings. Total is 49.5. Now, if you can get past John Harbaugh and the dysfunction that you saw from the Ravens against the, against the Bengals and put that out of your mind, just for a second, they've got some matchup advantages here. Vikings secondary, not very good. Um, the the offensive line for Minnesota was atrocious, and I mean atrocious, against the Cowboys. Ravens love to blitz. Kirk Cousins, obviously not the most confident guy right now, going into Baltimore, hungry for a win off a of bye week. Now we'll see how that works, okay? John Harbaugh off a of bye traditionally has been very good. Five and a half points, favorites are Baltimore. Hey, we saw a similar kind of situation against the Bengals. We saw that worked out. If you can get around all that other stuff, Baltimore here would make a lot of sense. Chargers at the Eagles. Chargers were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think three at one point. Now they're down to a one-point favorite because the Eagles were able to stomp the, uh, the Lions. I just want to say something about that game against the Lions real quick. The Eagles uh, threw the football, if I'm not mistaken, they threw the football like 12 times. They threw the ball like 12 or 13 times. That was it. It was absolutely ridiculous. They were just, I mean, that game was a runaway. A lot of people thought Detroit might have a chance to get their first win. Not the case. Um, Eagles defensive line against the Chargers offensive line is going to be an advantage there. That could be a fun game. You could see some points there. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's too, too early to get in the weather. I'm, I'm not doing weather five days ahead of time. I think we, we all know why. Packers, they were a three-point underdog uh, a couple days ago. After the Chiefs' lifeless performance against the Giants on Monday Night Football, they are now a pick in their own building against the Green Bay Packers. Packers coming in on extra rest. There's something wrong with Green Bay. That total is 54.5, though. So you're, you're concerned about the, the Chiefs on the offensive side of the football, yet the total is still 54.5. To me, knowing what the Packers want to do with their pace of game, they don't want to get into a shootout with that team. There's just one way I would look at this game, and that would be under. That's why, I mean, under 54.5, I would expect this to go down to like 52. So I, I'm just saying, if you'd like the under, get it early. I don't think it's – I think a lot of professionals are going to hammer this under. I think maybe closer to game time, some of the amateur betters out there are going to try to fire on the over, but maybe not so much. I mean, how many times do you get burned by Kansas City? How many times can Kansas City not cover and, and also go under before people are like, you know what, it's week nine. We're halfway through the season. I'm going to stop losing my money on this team. I don't know. From the looks of some of these lines lately, it's taken a while for people to catch on, put it that way. Um, it's a pick em now with the Cardinals and the 49ers. The Cardinals were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now this game is a pick em. Probably a good spot for the Niners. 7-1 Cardinals. Niners are 3-4. and four, Still need the game, division game, all that. I was very impressed, like I said, uh, with what they did against the Bears offensively. Bears are not a very good defense, but they're, they're good enough. Looks like the 49ers are starting to click. Offensive line played extremely well in this game. Cardinals are a team you can pound the football against. This is probably a matchup advantage for the 49ers. The problem is that on the defensive side of the ball, the 49ers secondary is terrible going against a Cardinals attack that is obviously lethal when it's even half-clicking. Want to check on the status of DeAndre Hopkins. Remember, he got hurt in that Thursday night game, had to come out, came in for a few more plays, see how he's doing before you fire away on that. Titans and Rams on Sunday night. No Derrick Henry. He played in a broken leg on Sunday because he's just a he's just a, a superhuman guy. That's what he is. He's just a superhuman. He's just not normal. Played on a broken leg. It probably would explain some of his poor production over the last few weeks. 
uh, against the Colts. He's going to be out for the season. I don't think it hurts the, Ram, the, the Titans quite as much as people think, but I think it does affect their ability to keep people guessing. I think that's probably the biggest issue there. Rams should slice up that Titans secondary. Se- Titans secondary is very much depleted. Rams are 7.5-point favorites. I would absolutely look at them as a teaser leg, minus 1.5. Absolutely. Monday night, Bears-Steelers. Big advantage for the Steelers' pass rush against a terrible, and I mean a terrible, offensive line for the Bears. Justin Fields going into the most hostile environment you could possibly go into. Maybe Seattle would be, uh, would be up there in the conversation. But Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, and a night game on a Monday night. Um, I would say the fans will be a little rowdy there, a little bit rejuvenated, and a chance for the Steelers to go 5-3. and three. Steelers teased down to a pick em one-point favorite, something like that, would be something I would absolutely take a look at. And remember, as we get closer to kickoff on Sunday or Thursday night, Monday night, whenever it is, check out the Twitter feed because that is where the picks will go as soon as I do actually have them. So we'll talk about that later on this week. And that is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter at BC, AK The Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, The Air Attack with BC The Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Here's Chase Allen. See amazing. I am BC The Man. I'll see you next week on the air attack.